and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion live on LinkedIn, shared on platforms including YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As ever, we're kindly sponsored by Virtue BMW, which is part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. If you're in the market for a new used or fleet vehicle, its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Bolton or York. In the studio this week, I'm joined by Ben Quaintrell, the entrepreneur behind My Property Box, and Nicola Bellaby, tax partner at Clive Owen LLP. Down the line, we have Caroline Moody of Moody Logistics and Storage. Now, figures out today saw a small downward move in the ongoing inflation saga. It stands now at 3.1%, still ahead of the bank's target of 2%, and most likely a one-off. It might be blipping up again because some things have come out of the figures. Publicans are even warning that the average price of a pint of will go up to, what, £4? Am I reading that right? Yeah, £4. That was in one of the newspapers recently for the first time ever. Elsewhere, there's a shortage of hauliers. Is that driving up prices or is it media hype? We'll find out from an expert. So whether it's drink or a dormer bungalow, prices across the board are going up. And you know, for the first time on record, the property market is experiencing a full house with prices for all types of properties in all regions heading upwards. Let's start there, Ben Quentrell, my property box. I've just seen that lunchtime today, figures were released saying the northeast of England, which has traditionally had the lowest price houses in the country, prices have gone up by over 13% this year. Does that meet with your experience in the market yourself? Um, I think so, Graham. It, it feels right. I mean, at the moment, the market in the northeast really is on fire, particularly around Teesside area. I have an agency in Darlington and uh, letting sales, the demand is, is through the roof. Lettings, we're having 13 quarries to one property on the market. Sales, they're just selling one in, one out at the moment. Um, towards Newcastle Tyneside, obviously the Newcastle Football Club, it's all exciting times in the area. We've got the Treasury coming to Darlington, it's all, yeah, very good. So it's all, all good and I suppose from your point of view you've got this pace of property transactions. What about actual properties available? Are people holding their properties or is the pace, they're, coming, they're going off the shelf so fast you can't find new properties to replace them? Yeah, I think most agents will agree if agents are watching this at the moment, but at the moment we're just, everyone's just short on stock. Everyone's shots off both for lettings and sales. The demand is just so high, it really is. Nicola, you're a tax partner at Clive Owen LLP, and obviously that's a, a whole service accountancy business. Um, what, are, what is your general feeling about the economy? You hear that from Ben, surely that underpins something solid. It certainly does, but I think the stamp duty land tax redu reductions probably help Ben with that. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of clients, they've, they've benefited by the furlough but now it's you know and they've had time to have a look back at the companies and see what could be improved in the companies time to take stock now this taking stock that you're talking about you've got you've got lots of and recognition has lots of clients mm. many more than me but the, i think the common denominator between your firm and my firm is we look at different clients in different sectors now a lot of my clients uh, at Recognition PR are positive about the future, still asking us to promote positivity, but perhaps the investment that they're producing is, uh, or talking about, is slowing down. Uh, do you get a sense of this sort of uh, stabilising of the growth? I think it will stabilise, but the, the clients are very nervous about, especially importers. So importers are finding it hard to get their goods across from China to here. They're even being gazumped when uh, using a house price term. They've got their haulage and everything sorted out. 
but they're getting gazumped at the last minute, supply and demand, I suppose. It's that old economics thing. So, and, and the price of that's going, so that pushes the price of that up. The price of the goods is going up. The price of labour is going up. There isn't the labour there. And that's causing a, for the long term, that's causing a worry. And the corporation tax rates are going up in a couple of years as well. Again, that might reduce the investment that, that they can put into their businesses. So it's an uncertain time. People are thinking, we've had all this furlough money, that's got us through, we've got to pay it all back now. They can see that Rishi Sunak's got to balance the books. Okay, let's come to Rishi in a minute yes, because I'm the budget's next ahead. week, but it's a good segue because <laughs> you talked about haulage. Let's, let's, let's talk to Caroline, and, it's, and by the way, Caroline was due to be on a few weeks ago, but she won an award. Caroline from Moody Logistics, what award did you win? Uh, I'm Northern Transport Woman of the Year. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well deserved, because the business is a long-standing business and you've taken it through some great growth in this uh, turbulent time. Tell me about the uh, your your view on the haulage crisis that's been talked up in the media. Have you got a shortage of drivers? Um, from a personal perspective in our business, no, we don't have a shortage of drivers. We've managed to uh, ride the storm quite well. We've got a a good crew of loyal staff who've been with you a long time so uh we've lost an odd one but um when we put an advert up for new ones we're getting we are at least getting inquiries about them maybe it's not the perfect uh person but we've always been about recruiting for attitude and we can always train to do the job right so the the attitude and the culture is more what we look for so um no we Touch wood, we are okay for now and we seem to be riding storm okay and managing to look after our customers. Let's look at the issue in the general rather than at your firm because your firm is award winning so it's going to be good but uh, let's look at let's look at the general haulage sector. It's true is it not that you know a lot of people think of a sort of 1980s 1970s stereotype of a bloke that's going to have a career in trucking but younger people don't look at it and they'd be surprised if younger people went into it are you managing to attract young people to become the truckers of tomorrow yes again i can only talk how we find but when we put another advert out there for um a driver apprentice for example which doesn't necessarily have to be a young person of course a driver apprentice could be somebody much older looking for a career change but we still get an awful lot of inquiries from uh young, you know younger people in their 20s uh, certainly, look, in fact, even younger sometimes. Sometimes we insist somebody has at least two years drive, car license driving experience before we even want to consider putting them through their truck license. Um, just that's our policy and how we feel safe to, to progress them. But yeah, we, we get a lot of applicants, so that's not necessarily how we see it when we put adverts out there. Great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad to see that you're getting the apprenticeships sorted because that's a different route. Many many people see that the, the route is to go through this more formal training where the individual could pay two to three thousand pounds. But you've done it a different way, haven't you? Um, yes, we have. I mean, we've done a bit of both. We are quite happy to take on newly qualified drivers, if again, if they have the right attitude and then train them in, uh, into the job, if you like. But we have put about five uh, pre this year that we've done about five government apprenticeship schemes where we've taken them on and we've done the full government apprenticeship uh, training along with ourselves into the role uh, this year we've taken on we took on two in April which I think was looking back a very good move we made that decision because then 
it was subsequent to that all the driver issues happened we already had two lined up to to put through ourselves and at that point we decided the the government scheme for apprenticeships was just too long-winded mm -hmm. and um looking at the way that business was moving we need to move be a lot more agile and quicker and so we've actually paid for the licenses ourselves without any funding from the government put them through got them trained we've got another one about to start next week and a fourth one lined up for uh, the next couple of months now there, there are other less um less technical things that might put people off joining join the profession. I, during the period that the HGV shortage has been discussed in the media, there's been a lot about, you know, truck stops being awful places, having to having to lay up overnight in, and, and take a pee in the bushes and things like that. Uh, Is that a characteristic that you recognised when you saw it being ventilated in the press? Uh, yes, it is, definitely. I mean, how lorry drivers are trekked is very unfortunate and I hope with this driver shortage platform, um, people like myself can talk about it and get people aware of how key the drivers are. I remember at the very start of COVID, we actually had to issue all our drivers with letters because they were turning up with a lot of sites yeah. uh, and where often they would nip in and use the loo when they were sort of uh, delivering goods at a place. And everyone was refusing them access to their sites to go to the toilet because of COVID. So they spent hours on the road. They get the kit, yeah. the, the kit to the destination, and then no one will let them use the loo. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, it, when you think back, I know everyone was scared at the time, but it was a bit mean to the lads. What did they expect them to do, sort of thing? Uh, and yeah, legally, people can't refuse them, so we issued them with government letters to say, you know, they have a right to be able to use the toilet and in, in a place they're actually delivering a full load to. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, ho hopefully maybe this being aired now will maybe get manufacturers and retailers where the goods go from and to to realise actually just maybe a little bit more respect with our industry and we need to work together. You know, it's not about one being more important than the other. A good haulier is the one that works with its customers and the manufacturers to get it to the retailers. And rather than I think the big distribution centres cause a lot of problems and. What's happening now is, while things are good for us as hauliers, we can get a list off a lot of manufacturers as low as the one done. And quite naturally, we are all picking the easy places to make deliveries to. Mm. For somewhere that makes you stand in line for four or five hours, we haven't got time to do it. That's another load we can't get off. Yeah. So hopefully again, this whole issue might raise issues at distribution centers for them to look closely at themselves about how they work better with the hauliers to let them get their loads off. We don't want to be sat somewhere for hours waiting to tip a load, uh, you know, and well, I, positive I, will come out of it. it. Sometimes in all the discussions of these things, it's the practical measures that can be the most important. Listen, there's been one other thing. I, I, I couldn't resist asking you this because you, you're such an expert having done it for so long. Um, Boris Johnson was saying on the media a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't going to allow lots of extra um, uh, passes for uh, 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 immigrant labour in the HGV uh, uh, sector because he wanted to help wages be forced up. It was about levelling up. In the end, the government have allowed uh, other lorry drivers from abroad to make drop-offs while they're here. Talk to me about that. It's quite complex for the layman and the person outside the industry to understand the dynamic between your labour costs and immigrant labour costs. People get work visas here. How does it balance out for you in the North East? 
For us personally, um, we European labour has never been anything significant. We've never used them or needed them. Not that we're against them, just it's never been. So the Brexit issue has not been an issue to us really. Might be different than elsewhere, other parts of the country maybe, so no, I can't speak for there necessarily. Um, their idea of bringing extra people in for us wouldn't really, I, I can't say that that would help us uh, in any particular way. So for you're us, a bit agnostic I, about letting people in with more, more visas, it's not going to change it. You prefer to have the wage settlements that you're agreeing? Yes, I mean, I can only talk for us in the North East. You know, I'm not an expert in, in certain other parts of the country where members did have higher volumes of European labour that could be different for them. But for us, no, um, that that's, wasn't a cure to the problem. For us, what we want government to do was to speed up the process and how long it takes to get your provisional driving licence back, your, get in for your theory test, get in for your um, main driving uh, test. You know, all of that even taking six months is too long. Why? Yes. Why, you know, can't we get a provisional licence back within a week? Why does it have to take six weeks to get back? And that's in the government's hands, and that's the very annoying thing with uh, government keeps saying it's all in our hands. It's not. The people like me, I will put people through their tests, but I'm in very much in the hands of um, the government of how fast they'll move with the, the testing stations. Oh, a fair point, well made. I think it was Ronald Reagan who said the three, the most terrifying words in the English language is, I, 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 I'm from the government, I'm here to help. It doesn't always help, does it? <laughs> Caroline, thank you. We've just got to our other guest for a moment. What do you have to make? Of, what do you make of what she has to say? Because obviously, she knows more about it than you or I. It's quite it's revealing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I always think the haulage industry—that's the the key to everything. If the haulage industry is doing badly, everything's doing badly because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're moving everything around. So if things are getting made and produced mm. and sold, it's them, you know. So. But it is interesting, I mean, all of us in this room have lived through good times and bad, but yeah. this is a product of rapid good times, is it not? The, the growth and things are in the wrong place, there's lots being made, there's a comp competition for labour, competition for resources, competition for stock in housing. I just feel from a property side of things, at the moment in the North East it's just on fire, the development that's going on in the town in Darlington Teesside, the southern investment that's coming up here. I was at a networking meeting on Friday and I would have said 30-40% of the room were from the south. Mm. They've moved up here, they've come up to book hotels, Airbnbs, because they want to get involved in property in Teesside and the North East, which is just exciting time. And this is a bit new for us. I mean, you've run your your family has run your business for generations. Are you seeing this demand, Caroline, um, escalating in your own business? Are you seeing this kind of uh, well, good times I, causing new problems? Yeah, that's how I, I think it all started. Really, back in March, April, when we came out of lockdown, you had all this pent up demand that suddenly everyone was opening up and restocking, etc. So, and that happened right at a period between where we had four weeks with only four day weeks mm. with Easter and the May bank holidays. So I think that kind of started the driver issue where, you know, already demand was massively up and, um, you know, we couldn't cope with in those four days of, of the week that most places are open because as much as we might work the weekend, not everybody else wants to open to receive their deliveries then. So yes, I think it's a, it is a big demand uh, thing, and okay. every industry seems short of labour. I know the the haulage industry is on the headlines at the moment, but from what I see, 
we just get the headlines. I think a lot of industries are really struggling for good staff. And um, I think my daughter put it quite well. She works in retail. And, and, and I think there's maybe this thing where some people haven't had the time off with furlough or just didn't work over the pandemic. That sort of middle stream where they don't have to work, but they work because they want to, not because they have to. And I think a lot of those people maybe have just decided not to come back to work when they've quite enjoyed their last year or 18 months, have we lost a lot of people in that stream, whether that's in retail, whether that's in transport, whether that's in um, the hospitality market, you know, all those ones that are struggling. We've lost people who've just decided now, I don't need to work and I've enjoyed a couple of years at home not doing Let's talk to let's 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 move on back to the the issue with Nicola. Nicola, supply and demand equals inflation, and we're starting mm -hmm. to see that. Um, now, when it comes to the uh, the inflation, it, it actually does hit household finances, doesn't it? It's not a it's not a, a sort of a technical issue. It's a real issue. And is that do you think something that businesses are now going to have to get to grips with planning for? Well, I think they are. They you know as as the prices increase. And if wages aren't increasing, then people have less money to spend. Um. When you're seeing your clients uh, plan, staff shortages and staff wages clearly are coming into the equation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's pressure. Um, engineering firms, for example, they just can't get engineers. I've heard of engineering firms with engineer apprenticeship apprentices. They're going to go. They're going to work and drive vans for Amazon, and, mm. and it's easier work. People, you were saying about people, no, actually it was Caroline saying about people uh, finishing work. There's a lot of people now in the 50s that we're talking to, our clients, that are wanting to sell up. It's mm. exactly as Caroline said, they, they've, they've had enough, they've seen what it's like not to be working, they've decided they probably don't need that much money <laughs> to spend as they thought they did, and it's a bit like life's too short. And people are coming more and asking us about inheritance tax. We could never get people to talk about death before. <laughs> and they're all kind of, it's yeah. not really about business, but it's those people with those businesses that are starting to plan a lot more now. Let's talk a little bit about the budget and round off on that, because next week, uh, by the way, we have a live edition of this programme, which is taking place at uh, Virtue uh, Motors BMW dealership in Preston Farm, Stockton. And we'll be discussing the budget because it will have just happened. Now, um, let's talk about what you think would be good in the budget. Come to you last, Caroline, so uh, get, your, get, your, get your thoughts. I'm sure that there'll be something about she wants some money off Derv. But anyway, let's come to that. Nicola, you, in the general, in the generality, let's look at the landscape on tax and incentives that the budget could give. Well, we know that corporation tax rates are going up. We've talked about that. That seems like it's going to happen. So a rise from 19% to 25% is going to affect a business like Caroline's. So what I'd like to see is, is a continued investment so that companies can buy, so I'll use Caroline as an example, she can buy those lorries, she can get what's called the super deduction, so if she spends £100,000 she's treated as if she spent £130,000, that's getting her another driver if she has another wagon, it's all about investment. So you might get a penalty of tax but you'll also get an incentive for good spending? Yes. Definitely. And I'd like to see that on training as well. Um, you know, some kind of incentive there that's easier to access. We've had, you know, we, we have apprenticeships as well. I feel Caroline's pain with the apprenticeship schemes. It's, it, it, it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of work. 
And, and what about the uh, the north of England? Um, we've got big things that are coming up in the north of England. Uh, yesterday, the government announced uh, funding for the Net Zero Project's carbon capture and storage in Teesside. Three uh, ports are coming up as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how they're going to be funded. Um, we, we're very positive about that, our clients are. So, so much so, we were even opening an office in Middlesbrough. I don't know. That's yeah. right, actually, it's yeah. a fair point. You're a Darlington <laughs> firm opening in Middlesbrough, well, then yeah. you have Middlesbrough, York, and Durham, and, Durham <laughs> and Darlington, four offices. Yes. That's, that's pretty so, good. So, you know, we were, we were positive enough to think, well, we're going to open another office there. So, yeah, interesting to see how that's going to be funded, I think. Okay, that's levelling up in practice. Ben, mm. what about you? You, you, you obviously. You might think that stamp duty has to go back. It might the the market for property at thirteen percent growth. It's also a little unhealthy, isn't mm. it? For the for the stamp duty side, if, for the investment sort of. So, if you think a northeast investor or even from the south now investing in a property in the northeast, it might only be up to hundred k. So, actually, the stamp duty is is a bit of a sting, but it's not the end of the world based on the return and the level that you can get. Um, but a lot of our clients, and like Nicholas just said about um, corporation tax, will have limited companies. A lot of professional landlords have limited companies, so they will feel that. But um, I mean, landlords watching this now will be thinking, yeah, we have been squeezed a lot over the last couple of years. Selective licensing has now been rolled out into different areas. It's in Durham. It's looking to come to Darlington soon, maybe. So. Um, you know, the market is great, it's exciting time, but it does feel sometimes landlords are being squeezed and we'll have to wait till next week to see what else is to come. Okay, and Caroline, you're going to the last word here, you're getting last word, so Rishi Sunak is delivering his budget. If he has a line that's written by Caroline Moody, what would it say? Keep your prices down. <laughs> that's inflation, I've always said that's inflation late. Absolutely. Because every minute fuel goes up, uh, everything goes up in price because everything's transported. Well, that's, that's short and sweet. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Ben. And thank you, Nicola. Thank you for joining us. We're live next week to discuss the budget after it's happened. And we're going to be at one of Virtue Motors' premier dealerships. And we thank them for accommodating us. We'll see you next week on Business Unmuted.